Amen. Thank you so much, Keola and Jan. Thank you for that tremendous song. And uh, thank you for dedicating this beautiful presentation in loving memory of Charles Trotman. He was a child of God. A child of God indeed. Amen. Amen. In Canada, and uh, perhaps some other world areas as well, February 14th is what we call Valentine's Day. And that's today. It is the day on, on which, or it is the day when we are encouraged to be extra romantic and extra loving towards our wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, and others. And by the way, it's also uh, an extra special day for me personally and for our own uh, Stavropoulos family because our little granddaughter, Everly, was born on February the 14th, and today... Everly turns four. She turns four. We have a, a few pictures there. There's a picture of Ev and uh, a balloon that she's holding saying, I love you. And then I believe we have a picture of Ev sliding down a little hill just across from their home. Uh, her dad and mom like to take her out as often as they can when uh, winter activities are possible. And then uh, there's a picture of her little brother, who's one year, one and a half years old, little Paxton, all right? There's a shot there of Paxton and uh, a picture of both of them. Recently someone said, Pastor Nick, how come you haven't shown us any pictures of your grandkids recently? And so I thought, well, since uh, this week will be family day, I uh, would just show you a few pictures, okay? In the third century AD, in Rome, there was a person of high birth. He would have been considered to be an aristocrat, and his name was Valentinus. We would spell it V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-U-S, Valentinus, and he lived uh, in the years 226 to 270 A.D. Valentinus was a, a pagan like most Romans, but a friend told him about Jesus' love and what Christ had done for us. Valentinus was converted. He became a, a Christian and started to share with others the love of Jesus. He was a single man and eventually became a Roman priest. In the days of Emperor Claudius II, who ruled Rome from 268 to, 70, to 270, Christianity was persecuted by the government. It was bad. Valentinus was very successful in evangelizing and in inspiring others to become Christians. 
And so the Roman authorities sent word to him to keep Christianity discreet or else they would put him in jail even though he was fairly high up in society. Valentinus, however, continued to preach, to evangelize, and encourage more and more people to become followers of Jesus. When Claudius was emperor, Rome was involved in various wars, and the emperor had to maintain a strong army. But he was having a difficult time getting soldiers to join the military. Emperor Claudius believed that Roman men were unwilling to join the army because of their strong attachment to their wives and families. Listen to this now. To get rid of the problem, Claudius banned all marriages and engagements in Rome. The emperor banned marriages for that period of time. Well, Valentinus felt it was wrong for the emperor to ban marriages and engagements. And so Valentinus defied Claudius and continued to form marriages for young lovers in secret. So he performed weddings in secret. When Valentinus's actions were discovered, Emperor Claudius did what? He had him arrested. That's what happened. He had him arrested. The Roman government put Valentinus in jail. However, even in jail, he continued sharing with others about the love of Jesus, who left heaven and came to earth to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Many people in jail were also converted to Christianity due to Valentinus, and the authorities became more upset with him, more and more upset. They sent word to Valentinus to stop evangelizing, otherwise he would be decapitated. At that time in history, the Roman government used to execute Roman citizens by cutting off their heads. Non-Romans were usually crucified. Well, Valentinus continued to speak about the love of Jesus. And sadly, on February 14th, 270 AD, the Roman government had him beaten with clubs and then ordered the execution of Valentinus by decapitation because he refused to stop telling people about Jesus' love while he was in jail and before he went to jail. Um, he officiated the weddings when the government said don't. He continued to spread the gospel when the government said don't. Sometimes, when you do what you feel is right, it can cost you. And on February the 14th, 270 A.D., Valentinus died. The Christian church honored his martyrdom, called him Saint Valentinus, Saint Valentinus, and remembered his ordeal 
and his sacrifice on February 14th on the Christian calendar. That is the original story behind Valentine's Day. Over the years, however, sadly, people changed the story of Valentinus' love for Christ to, to primarily romantic love to probably commercialize Valentine's Day and make money. Well, I hope, I hope that this Valentine's Day and in the future, you and I will remember that originally Valentine's Day was intended to be a day to remember how a Christian priest named Valentinus performed weddings in defiance of the emperor and loved Jesus Christ so much that he refused to keep quiet, refused to keep quiet about his faith, and in so doing was executed for doing nothing more than spreading the love of Jesus. Let us also remember that even today there are some countries where Christians are put in jail and sometimes killed because of their love for Jesus. Uh, in fact, we have a man in our own church who was arrested, put in jail, and badly beaten for preaching about Christ in the country where he was born. Amen. We need to pray for Christians in countries where believers are being persecuted. I just want to express appreciation to uh, another pastor friend of mine, a, a brother pastor who's a part of our church who originally came from Greece. Uh, he and his wife are, are from Greece who actually shared the original story with me. Any, anyone here know who I'm talking about? Pardon me? That's it. Pastor Milton. Thank you, Pastor Milton, for sharing the, uh, the story behind Valentine's Day with me. Amen? Today, the day on which I'm originally preaching this message is Sunday, February the 14th, 2021, Valentine's Day. A few weeks ago, someone asked me if on Valentine's Day I was going to preach on love. <clears throat> and I told them I was doing a series of messages on Jephthah, J-E-P-H-T-H-A-H, -H -H, Jephthah from Judges chapter 11. I, I told the person who asked me about preaching on love that uh, I, I would see if I could find some truths about love in the story of Jephthah. And at first I thought, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. Well, this is part five in the series, and the title of this message is Jephthah and Love. So here's what I discovered. Here's what I discovered. <clears throat> number one, truth number one, love seeks peace. Love seeks peace. The story tells us in, in verse 4 of Judges chapter 11 
that the Ammonites began their war against Israel. The people of Israel specifically asked Jephthah to become their ruler and commander of the army to help them fight against the Ammonites because Jephthah himself was a great warrior. He had a lot of skills and was a great tactician. Because of Jephthah's skills as a military man, you would have thought that he would have quickly headed out to battle. Headed out to battle after he was given this responsibility. Instead, I want us to notice what Jephthah actually did. Verse 12 of Judges 11 says this. It says, Then Jephthah sent messages to the king of Ammon, asking, Why have you come out to fight against my land? Why have you come out? All right? Now, if you were to read verses 12 through 28, you would see that Jephthah gets involved in trying to negotiate peace. He tries to negotiate peace with the king of Ammon, A-M-M-O-N. Ammon wants Israel's land. Jephthah knew the history. He knew the history of the Israelites and of Ammon. And in the end, here is what Jephthah said in verses 26 to 28. All right? Here is what Jephthah said. Israel had been living here for 300 years, inhabiting Heshbon and its surrounding settlements, all the way to Aror and its settlements, and in all the towns along the Arnon River. Why have you made no effort to recover it before now? Therefore, I have not sinned against you. Rather, you have wronged me by attacking me. Let the Lord who is judge Decide today which, which of us is right, Israel or Ammon. Verse 28. But the king of Ammon paid no attention to Jephthah's message. The king of Ammon would not back down. He would not back down from war. But we should give, should we not? We should give Jephthah a lot of credit for trying to find a peaceful solution because love seeks peace. Amen? Love seeks peace. In Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. 1 Peter 3, verse 11, latter part. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Galatians 5, 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our, love, in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Psalm 34, verse 14, latter part says, Search for peace and work to maintain it. All those quotations are from the New Living Translation. So, my friends, what about you and me? What about us? <clears throat> do, you, do you promote peace? Do you promote peace in your family, your workplace, 
your school? Do you promote peace in our church or whatever church you are a part of, viewers? Do you promote peace in our country? In the last couple of months in the United States, we have had some examples of people promoting anything but peace. Anything but peace. But you and I are called to be men and women who are carriers of peace. Amen? Let me go on and say, secondly, love listens. Love listens. That's right. Verse 28 of Judges chapter 11. Verse 28 says, But the king of Ammon paid no attention to Jephthah's message. What is this verse saying? It is saying the king of Ammon did not listen. He didn't listen. Jephthah tried to reason with him, but he, he just wouldn't, wouldn't be serious about listening, taking it all in and considering what was being said. One definition of listen, by the way, is to hear something with thoughtful attention. That's good, isn't it? To hear something with thoughtful attention. My friends, for those of you making notes, as we talk about love listens, you might want to write in A. A. We need to listen to each other. That's right. We need to listen to each other. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Do, do you know anyone who spouts off? Uh, maybe do you spout off? Before listening to the facts, the Bible says that is shameful and foolish. In the United States, as most of us know, in the, in the months that have just gone by, the U.S. has gone through a major crisis. Much of the crisis happened, stick with me now, much of the crisis happened because some politicians did not did not listen to the facts, to reality. When former President Trump lost the November 2020 election, he insisted that the ballots were not counted right. He insisted, Trump insisted that the election was stolen from him. Trump took the issue to, to courts all over the United States. There were recounts. They probably spent millions of dollars on recounts of the ballots in many states. The courts declared clearly that the ballot counting was right and that Mr. Trump honestly, truly lost the election. Despite what the facts showed, however, Mr. Trump insisted that he was right. Many in his party went along with him, probably mainly because, why? Because they didn't want to get their boss upset with them. 
They had seen others who were very quickly dismissed and fired or done whatever with when they went against Trump. Trump kept insisting he was right with no proof whatsoever. No proof whatsoever. My friends, Proverbs 18 verse 13 says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. It was not only shameful and foolish, it also led to violence, to violence such that on January the 6th, 2021, thousands of Trump supporters stormed the main government buildings in Washington, and in the end, up to this point, seven people died because of it. Seven people died. Many others were injured. Hundreds were injured, and the Capitol buildings were badly damaged. Not listening, not listening can sometimes have catastrophic results. It's what it boils down to. If we think about more personal situations, your personal situations and mine, you and I would probably have to admit that many times, if you got upset with your friend, your husband or wife, your son or daughter, very likely it was at times when you felt that he or she was not listening to you. Isn't that right? You felt they weren't listening to you or he or she said you weren't listening to them. Would you agree with that? That's the truth. In the business world, when there are threats of major strikes, you will often hear union bosses saying things like, management isn't listening to us. At the same time, you will hear the management say, well, the union leaders aren't listening to us. They're being so unreasonable. They just won't listen. Remember, my friend, whether it is in your family, at school, at work, at church, in your community. Please remember, love listens. Love listens. James 1.19 says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Why don't you read that with me? Speak it out loud. Speak it out, out loud. Be quick to listen, slow to speak to speak. Amen. Not only, not only should we listen to each other, for those making notes, put down B. We need to also listen to the Lord. That's right. The Bible tells us to listen to the Lord. Psalm 95, verse 7 says, will not you read it out loud with me? We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice. That's God's voice today. And Jesus says in John 10, 27, My sheep, what? My sheep, listen to my voice. Revelation 2, verse 11. Anyone with ears to hear must 
listen, listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And Jesus says in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. Now, in order to obey Jesus' commands, we have to do what? We have to listen to the Lord. We have to listen to the Lord. Well, what are some of the ways we can listen to our Lord God Almighty? What are some ways? Well, listen to what the Lord says by reading the Holy Bible. Listen to the Lord during a time of prayer. Listen to the Lord while, while listening to sermons and to good Christian music and while reading good Christian books or listening to good Christian books. Listen to the Lord when a godly person is, is speaking with you. He or she is maybe being used by God to say to you what you need to hear. Many times God works through other people. Amen? When we listen to the Lord, what might He say to you? What might He say? Well, the Lord might reassure you of how much He loves you and how special you are to Him. That's something he, he says to us, I believe, quite often. Or you might sense the Lord directing you, directing you to, to help someone with your time and money. Or you might sense as you listen to the Lord, you might sense the Lord inspiring you to begin, to begin to tithe or to make a generous donation to world missions or to our radio ministry or to our agape fund from which we help people who are in need. Then there are also times when you listen to the Lord, you sense Him telling you that there, there is, there's a sin. There is a sin that you need to stop doing. His Spirit convicts us, convicts you, me, of something maybe that we've been doing or saying that is wrong. And, and we need to listen as He convicts us. So my friends, love listens. We need to listen to each other. We need to listen to the Lord. And the question is, how good of a listener are you and am I? Amen? How good of a listener are you and am I? There's a third truth that I want us to think about, and it is this. Love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This truth came to my mind when I read verse, verse 29. Verse 29 says, At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he went throughout the land of Gilead and Manasseh, including Mizpah and Gilead, and from there he led an army against the Ammonites. Verse 29. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. We see that in this instance, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah 
to empower him to carry out the mission of defending Israel from the attacking Ammonites. In the Old Testament, we have various examples of how God's Spirit came upon specific individuals to carry out a great task, a great mission. After the birth of Jesus in the New Testament, we learn that in addition to God's Spirit coming upon a person in a powerful way to carry out a big responsibility, we learn that we, you and I, we can receive the Holy Spirit when we first believe in Jesus. And in fact, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. Galatians 5.22 tells us how the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit of God is love. Henry Drummond says, Souls are made sweet, not by taking the acid fluids out, but by putting something in. A great love, a great love, a new spirit, the Spirit of Christ. Amen? My friends, love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And a great prayer, a great prayer for you and me is, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit and fill me with your love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 declares, Love comes from God. Love comes. Say it with me. Love comes from God. And so, my friends, we have said, number one, love seeks peace. Number two, love listens. And number three, love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And here's a fourth beautiful truth. Number four, love does not have to make spiritual deals with God. All right, I want you to read it with me. Read it with me and speak it and think about it. Love does not have to make spiritual deals with God. This truth came to my mind from verses 30 and 31. Here is what we read. Verse 30. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. He said, speaking to God, he said, If you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Now, notice Jephthah said to God, if you give me victory over the Ammonites, if you do that, I will give you, Lord, whatever comes out of my house, as if God needs it, by the way. I'll give you whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Okay, are you thinking? I want you to notice, if you give me victory, I will give you. 
If you give me, I will give you. If you give me, I will give you. Ha, 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 uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call that trying to make a spiritual deal with God or bargaining with God. Dr. Lisa, what would you call it? Both? Both. Bargaining with God, spiritual, making a spiritual deal, whatever. In modern times, some people still bargain with God. Yeah. Some people still bargain with God with statements like these. God, if you help me to find a great husband or a great wife, and by the way, I'm so delighted that Raven has found herself a great husband. And knowing, knowing Raven since she was a little girl, boy, he has found himself a great wife. Say amen there, Charles. All right. You know, so, sometimes people will say, you know, uh, if you help me find a great husband or a great wife, I will be in church every Sunday. Um, or during these COVID-19 times, it might be modified to, oh, you know, I will watch the church service on my cell phone or on my computer or on television every Sunday. All right? Or someone else might say, someone might say, Lord, if you help me find a, a job, if you help me find a job which pays me twice what I'm earning, then I will start giving to the Lord's work. Uh, no, you won't. If you're not giving now, you won't give then. Another person might pray, God, if you will help us buy the house we want, you know, if you help us buy the house we want without 10 to 20 people bidding on the same house, then, then we will do such and such for you. The reason I mentioned that example is because I have two friends who are realtors. And they have told me recently how in recent weeks here in Toronto, the larger Toronto area, including, including Ajax, Pickering, um, Whitby, Oshawa, they've told me how a lot of homes that have been up for sale have had 10 to 20 offers on them. Near where my wife and I live recently, a basic, a basic townhouse sold for over $165,000, more than it was listed for due to a lot of people bidding on it. And then, in fact, even this week, uh, we heard of another basic townhouse that, that sold for, I believe it was about 200000 yeah, about 200000 more than it was listed. It's crazy. Okay, here's the point, here's the point. God loves you. God loves you. And he is a good God. You don't have to bargain with him. Is there an amen? You don't have to bargain with him. Because you're a child of God's, he wants to help you find. He wants to help you find the right husband or wife. He wants to help you find the right job for you, the right home, the right solution to whatever your need is. You don't have to make spiritual deals with God because he already loves you. My wife and I have uh, two other grandchildren besides the ones that I mentioned earlier. 
we have a six-year-old grandson whose name is Yanni. And on your screen there, I believe you'll, you'll see a black and white photo of him. He is now six years old, right? Um, you also see a photo of him sliding down the hill when there was a recent snowfall. And there's also a picture, a picture of his one-and-a-half-year-old little sister, uh, Yulia. Yulia, and uh, I believe she's mixing a salad. She just loves to be at the counter with her mommy, uh, helping mommy cook, by the way, which is very interesting. Some of your children probably like to do that, too. Just be uh, always cautious that they don't get hurt. Um, in regards to Yanni, in regards to my six-year-old son, a few summers ago, Canada's Wonderland had a special price promotion, and I took little Yanni there to Wonderland on a Monday, uh, my day off, uh, unless I have funerals and other hospital emergencies, which uh, does happen. Now, for those viewers who don't live in the Toronto area, Canada's Wonderland is a very large, major theme park, and they have a, a very wonderful, large children's ride section uh, and a large children's water park area as well. I took little Yanni to Canada's Wonderland for a grandfather and grandson day. When my grandson and I were driving to Canada's Wonderland, it, it, uh, it would not have been a surprise to me if my grandson would have maybe said or maybe tried to make a deal with me by saying something like, you know, he, he might have wanted to say, Papa, if I am really good and I really behave myself today, will you promise, will you promise to buy me pizza for lunch? Now, I want to make it clear that Yanni did not, he did not say that to me, but let's suppose that he said it. Let's suppose he said it. What would I have said to him if he had spoken those words? Well, I would have said, Yanni, I am your grandfather. I love you very much, my boy. Yanni, I want to provide for you, and so you do not have to bargain with me. You don't have to bargain with me. You do not have to try to make a deal with me. I would have said, I will be happy to buy you pizza for lunch. If that is what you want, Yanni. And that's what I would have said. And probably that's what most of you, hopefully all of you, would have said to your child as well. So my friend, remember, God loves you. And he is a good God. You don't have to bargain with him. Love does not have to make spiritual deals with God. Amen? So, what have we discovered about love from the story of Jephthah? We have discovered, number one, love 
seeks peace. That's right. Question, are you seeking peace? Are you seeking peace in your marriage? In your family? But by the way, you know, I've pastored long enough to know that for some reason, sometimes I find some family members almost deliberately seek to cause problems in the family. It's crazy. It's not necessary. Are you seeking peace in your marriage, in your family? Are you seeking peace in your place of work, in your school, those of you in school? Are you seeking peace in, in our church or the church that you are a part of locally? Are you seeking peace in your neighborhood? Are you seeking peace when you, when you go to the grocery store or the department store? Man, sometimes when I've gone to get groceries, I just see people getting into arguments over silly things, unnecessary things, and I think, folks, 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 it's not necessary. Life is short. Are you seeking, seeking peace in our country? Amen? So, love <coughs> seeks peace. And then secondly, we said, love listens. We need to listen to each other. We need to also listen to the Lord. How good of a listener are you? And thirdly, we also learn that love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Have you invited the Holy Spirit to fill you? That's what we all need. Hymn writer says, fill me, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's what you and I need, all the world needs, to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in us, through us, for His honor and glory. And then fourthly, we said, love does not have to make spiritual deals with God. You don't have to bargain with God because God loves you. God loves you. In fact, God loves you and me so much. The Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Wow. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Listen. Listen to that verse and that word of God. Listen and decide to say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Yes, Lord, you love me first. And I want to love you, dear Lord. If this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, would you pray it with me right now, right where you are? You can just look up to heaven and pray as I'm going to. Pray right after me. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me that, as that verse says, you, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die to pay the price for my sins. Thank you for your love. And Lord, on this day, I choose to begin to love you, to love you, to give you my heart, to give you my life, to trust in you and say, Lord, you are my God. 
You are my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my manager. You are the one that I surrender my heart, my life to you. Lord, I am yours. I'm yours. I give myself to you, Lord. Take my life and do with my life as you want, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.